And I want to invite you to have a Bible on your person, whether it's a, an analog Bible like this or it's a digital Bible in here. There are a lot of ways to get into God's Word. And we're going to open up into, again, the Gospel of Matthew. Vamos a abrir las Biblias al Evangelio de San Mateo. Uh, the reading that I want to share with you is Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Uh, this page numbers will be up on the screen. Mateo 24, del 1 al 8, esa página indica donde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás. And that's, that's a, a, a guide to the Bibles from the back that'll help you to find it. And again, I want to emphasize that we're reading this part, but we're looking much wider. Every week in this Matthew series, we have been trying to look at two chapters at a time, a larger chunk of Scripture to really enrich our understanding of God's Word. Estamos mirando dos capítulos hoy, capítulo 23 y 24 de Mateo. So today, our view is on Matthew 23 and Matthew 24. And we'll be explaining more about that later. So be ready to look around here uh, and, and to follow with me. But I'm going to read this first in English, and then I'll read the same thing in Spanish. So uh, this is the word of the Lord. Esta es la palabra del Señor para nosotros hoy. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Jesús salió del templo y mientras caminaba se le acercaron sus discípulos y le mostraron los edificios del templo. Pero él les dijo, ven todo esto. Les aseguro que no quedará piedra sobre piedra, pues todo será derribado. Más tarde estaba Jesús sentado en el monte de los olivos cuando llegaron los discípulos y le preguntaron en privado, ¿Cuándo sucederá eso y cuál será la señal de tu venida y del fin del mundo? Tengan cuidado de que nadie los engañe, les advirtió Jesús. Vendrán muchos que usando mi nombre dirán, yo soy el Cristo, y engañarán a muchos. Ustedes oirán de guerras y de rumores de guerras, pero procuren no alarmarse. Es necesario que eso suceda, pero no será todavía el fin. Se levantará nación contra nación y reino contra reino. Habrá hambres y terremotos por todas partes. Todo esto será apenas el comienzo de los dolores. So, I want to have you imagine with me just a little scene here. Imagínense esto. You have just purchased a membership at a local fitness club, okay? Tienen membresía en un club de ejercicios. You know, you, you, you want to get in shape, and you're really hoping as you go here that these experts in fitness will be able to help you. Esperan que esos expertos en los ejercicios les van a ayudar. So you go in, you walk in for your first class, first day, but there's a bit of a problem. Hay un problema en la primera clase. And the problem is actually with the instructor. Es un problema con el maestro. 
Now, it's not with the advice you get. You get some good advice. Te dan buenos consejos. This instructor knows the proper exercises and tells you how to do them. Te dicen cómo hacer los ejercicios. Uh, the instructor's even encouraging. You know, say, yeah, keep going. And, and he says, try harder, try harder. Uh, te anima a seg uh, seguir adelante. And, and this instructor even tells you how to eat right. What, what kind of diet to follow. Te dice que cómo alimentarte bien. The problem is not with what the instructor says. The instructor knows his stuff. Él sabe lo que hace. No es un problema con lo que dice. The problem is not with, with, with his words. The problem is with what he does. Problema es con lo que hace. Because as you are huffing and puffing and going and doing your exercises and working harder and harder and harder, he's sitting off to the side with a cigar in one hand and a Krispy Kreme donut in the other hand watching you do this, okay? Tiene un cigarro en una mano y una dona en la otra mano. Show the picture. So there's your instructor, right? Well, you'll see him in a minute. I'm moving on. There he is. Okay, there. Yeah, try harder. Keep going, right? Let's change scenarios. Pretend you walk into another gym. Entras en otro club de, de ejercicios. And this instructor is like the other one in that he really knows his stuff. I mean, he knows what to do. He, he gives you a great program of exercises. El maestro te da un buen programa de ejercicios. Again, he, he tells you how to lift weights without hurting yourself. Te indica cómo levantar las pesas sin lastimarte. He, he has encouragement. He knows how to push you to the limit, but without going too far. Te ayuda a, a ir hasta el límite. So this instructor is good as well, but there's one difference. This instructor not only tells you what to do, but he actually gets on the mat and does the exercises with you. El maestro hace los ejercicios contigo. In fact, you learn later on that this instructor has actually successfully completed multiple times the Ironman Triathlon. Este maestro ha hecho el maratón de, del hombre de hierro. He's, he's gone swimming for three miles, running for 26 miles, and bicycling for 100 miles. And he's done that all successfully. Ha nadado tres millas, corrido 26 millas, en bicicleta más de 100 millas. Now, you tell me. Which instructor would you like? The one before or the one in the next picture? Who are you going to trust to get you in shape? ¿A quién vas a confiar? Now I give you this imaginary scenario because today in Matthew chapter 23, this is really the kind of comparison that we find Jesus making between himself and the religious leaders of his day, the scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law, la comparación que hace Jesús con él y los líderes religiosos de Mateo 23. Beginning in Matthew chapter 23, verse 2, Jesus kind of lays out the problem here. Nos expone el problema. En versículo 2, he says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They're the authorities, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Los maestros de la ley fariseos tienen la responsabilidad de interpretar a Moisés, así que deben obedecerlos y hacer lo que ellos digan, pero no hagan lo que hagan ellos porque no practican lo que predican. Verse 4, they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders 
but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them a tan cargas pesadas y las ponen sobre la espalda de los demás, pero ellos mismos no están dispuestos a mover ni un dedo para levantarlas. And Jesus goes on to explain the problem with, with these teachers. He says that they love to make a show of themselves out in public. Les gusta hacer un espectáculo de su vida. They love to wear the finest garments and to be dressed up to the nines. Les gusta tener vestiduras finas. And they also enjoy having the, the place of honor at banquets and public functions. Les gusta el lugar de honor en los banquetes. And not only that, they love titles. They love to be called rabbi, which means master, and father, and, and teacher. Les gusta que les llamen rabbi, mi padre, y, y maestro. But here's the problem, Jesus says. Behind all of that, there's a mask. They're wearing a mask, and, and it's a facade. Es una máscara. They are hypocrites. They are acting out the part of being holy men, but they're not living it. Están desempeñando el papel de hombres santos, pero no lo viven. And then, beginning in verse 13 of chapter 23, Jesus launches into this extended tirade against the, the teachers and the, and the religious authorities. Jesús tiene siete acusaciones para estos líderes. There's a list of, of seven indictments or seven accusations that he gives and these seven indictments all begin with a similar phrase they begin with this phrase woe to you woe to you scribes and, and pharisees hypocrites comienza con ay de ustedes and I, I guess the best interpretation of that would be shame on you to the max que vergüenza why because you shut the door on people who are trying to enter the kingdom of God. Cierran la puerta a los que quieren entrar en el reino de Dios. That's verse 13. You convert people to hell instead of converting them to heaven. Verse 15. Convierte a las personas al infierno y no al cielo. Versículo 15. You major in the minors, you, you talk so much about how you give God a tenth of your garden spices and your garden herbs. Hablan de dar a Dios las hierbas en tu jardín. But you're not producing the real fruit of mercy and justice and faithfulness. No producen los frutos de misericordia, fidelidad y, y justicia. That's in verse 23. He says, you like to look nice on the outside but the reality is that inside you're unclean and you are dead. Por fuera les gustan las buenas apariencias, por dentro están inmundos y hasta muertos. That's in verses 25 through 28. And, and then he says, here's another problem. You commemorate the prophets of old, but you're actually related to the people who killed them. Recuerdan a los profetas, pero tienen vínculo con los que los mataron. That's in verse 31. But the core here, I think, of, of the criticism that Jesus levels is found in verse 16. Miremos versículo 16, que es casi como el núcleo. Verse 16, Jesus simply says, Woe to you, blind guides. Hay de ustedes guías ciegos. You are blind guides. You like to be called masters and you like to be called teachers, but the fact of the matter is you don't even know where you are going. Ni saben a donde van. 
You can't even see, you're so blind, you can't even see that if you swear by the temple, you're not just swearing by stones and bricks, you're swearing by the God who built the temple and the God who, who inhabits it. Ni ven que si juran por el templo, juran por el Dios que ahí habita. And then if we look back at 23.8, Jesus kind of clears things out. He kind of explains, versículo 8, he says, here's the deal. You're not to be called rabbi, master, because you have only one master. That's God, and you're all brothers. No permiten que a ustedes se les llame rabbi porque tienen un solo maestro que es Dios y todos ustedes son hermanos. Verse 9, do not call anybody on earth father, for you have one father. He's in heaven. No llamen padre nadie en la tierra porque tienen un solo padre que está en el cielo. And then in verse 10, this is key. You are not to be called teacher or instructor. Why? Because you have just one teacher. And that teacher is the Christ or the Messiah. Dice, no permitan eh, 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 que les llamen maestro porque tienen un solo maestro que es Cristo. Now that word teacher or instructor in verse 10 is interesting because the translation or the word in essence is the word guide. La palabra guía. You Pharisees, you religious leaders are blind guides. Ustedes son guías falsos y ciegos. And there's really only one true guide. There's only one true teacher, and that is the Messiah. That's the Christ. And of course, Jesus is referring to himself. He's saying, I'm the only true guide. Hay un solo guía, un solo maestro que es Cristo, que soy yo. And so with that in mind, we come into chapter 24. And in chapter 24, Jesus then, as our guide, begins to lay out this incredible picture of the future, and he does it for his disciples as well as for us. Jesús pone un retrato del futuro en, en capítulo 24 para sus discípulos. And it all starts at the beginning when they're in the temple precincts and they come outside and the disciples are marveling at the buildings. Están en el templo and the disciples are looking at it and Jesus says, let me tell you something about what you're seeing. This is all going down. Someday you're not going to see one stone on top of the other. Everything is going to be thrown down. Chapter 24, verse 2. Ven todo esto, dice, les aseguro que no quedará piedra sobre piedra, pues todo será derribado. And, of course, the disciples are curious about this. Later on, they ask Jesus, okay, so when? When's that going to happen? When are you going to come in your kingdom? When is the end of the world going to be? ¿Cuándo será esto? ¿Cuándo será tu venida y el fin del mundo? And that's all that Jesus needs from the disciples to, to then launch into, in chapter 24, this extensive teaching. And in this teaching, Jesus unrolls the roadmap of the future for his disciples and for us. And Jesús nos da como un mapa, desarrolla un mapa del futuro para sus discípulos y para nosotros. And it's evident here that what Jesus is doing in chapter 24 is he's functioning as a prophet. And es profeta. If you were here last week, uh, you may recall we said that Jesus, among other things, is a prophet, but he's a different kind of prophet. He's more than a prophet because Jesus is the prophet who has fulfilled all biblical prophecy. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesús es profeta y más que profeta porque cumple con la profecía. So Jesus here is functioning as a prophet. 
And as he explains this, it's hard for us to understand, but what we need to be able to have in mind is that Jesus, as he looks into the future and explains it, he's looking at several layers of events at the same time. Está mirando varios niveles de eventos en esto. So Jesus has in mind some events that are near future events, algunos eventos inmediatos, but then beyond that there are some events that are down the road in the distant future, otros eventos en el futuro lejano. And the best way that I can kind of illustrate that is to have you think of a rifle uh, aiming mechanism. Es como la mira de puntería de un, un fusil. So if you have a, the rifle barrel, uh, many times you've got uh, like a near marker. In fact, if you have a picture there, put that up. There's a near marker, hay una mira cercana, and then there's a far marker, right? Hay una mira lejana, and the idea in aiming the rifle is to get those to line up with the target. Después hay el blanco. Well, in a sense, what Jesus is doing in chapter 24 is that's what he's doing. There's the near marker of events that are about to happen for him and the disciples, events that will lead to his death and, and to his resurrection. Hay eventos uh, muy, muy cerca, but then there are events that are going to happen down the road, and the end of the rifle barrel, so to speak, is the end of the world. Uh, al fin está como el, el fin del mundo. And what's the target? Well, the target's beyond that. The target is the eternal kingdom that Jesus is going to establish. El blanco es el reino que Jesús va a establecer. And so with that in mind, with kind of that picture, we come to chapter 24, and in verse 4, he says, watch out that no one deceives you. Verse 5, many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Vendrán muchos que usando mi nombre dirán yo soy el Cristo y engañarán a muchos. So after, after those near events of my death and resurrection, there's going to be false teachers, people that will try to get you off target. Habrá maestros falsos. Verse 6, uh, he says this. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But again, see to it that you're not alarmed. These things must happen, but the end is yet to come. Oirán de guerras y rumores de guerras, pero procuren no alarmarse. Es necesario que eso suceda, pero no será todavía el fin. So there's going to be wars and there's going to be all kinds of, of events that happen that are, that are very violent. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Verse 7, se levantará nación contra nación y reino contra el reino. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Habrá hambres y terremotos por todas partes. So all these different things are going to happen down the road, but it's not yet the end. Todavía no es el fin. In fact, in verse 8, Jesus says this, all these are the beginning of birth pains. Todo esto será apenas el comienzo de los dolores. So again, Jesus is talking about events that are going to happen after his death, resurrection, and ascension. So an evento después de su muerte, resurrección y ascensión. And this is the world that the disciples are about to enter. Los discípulos están por entrar en este mundo. And guess what, folks? This is the world that you and I are in right now. Es el mundo en el que vivimos. We are living in that world between the, the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. Vivimos entre la primera y segunda venida de Jesús. And it is a world of transition. It's a world 
where what's happening is that the, the present evil age of our world is being pushed to the side as the kingdom of God is coming in. Esta era malvada está poniéndose al lado al entrar el reino de Dios. And it's, it's like childbirth, Jesus says. Something new is being born, the kingdom of God. Algo nuevo está por nacer, el reino de Dios. And it's like a woman in childbirth. In fact, it's transition. Es la transición. Now, years ago when uh, our first son Jason was born, my wife and I took uh, prenatal classes. Some of you have done that, childbirth classes. Yo saqué una clase prenatal cuando nuestro hijo nació. And I learned about this thing called transition. Now, I had to learn about it. There's a lot of moms in here that have actually done it, right? Moms that have experienced transition. Maybe you don't know what transition is, but when I describe it, you'll know. Uh, la transición es algo del parto. It's, it's in childbirth. And it's this stage in childbirth where the contractions begin to come one after the other. And, and so there's birth pains, there's contractions coming, and there's no pause between them. They're just multiple levels of contractions. Hay contracciones una tras otra. And the baby is just about to the point of, of being born. Está a punto de nacer el bebé. And the mother feels this incredible desire. She wants to push. Uh, la mamá quiere empujar el bebé. But it's not time yet. It's not quite there. And so these pains are coming one after the other. And, and did I? I should have given a trigger warning here, I guess, for the moms, right? It's coming one after the other. And, and the mom feels desperate. And the mom feels hopeless. And whoa, why did you do this to me? And she's saying that to the husband, right? It's the worst part. Es la parte más fea del parto. And Jesus is saying here, that's where we're living. That's the world that you're entering into. Verse 9, he says to his disciples and to us, you will be persecuted. People are going to hate you. Serán perseguidos, les dice. Verse 10, he says some will actually abandon the faith and their love will grow cold. Algunos se apartarán de la fe, su amor se enfriará. Verses 10 through 12, he talks about that. But here's the key. Aquí la clave, verse 13. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. El que se mantenga firme hasta el fin será salvo. So we're on this long trek between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, here's what you need to do. You need to expect that there's going to be pain. You need to expect there's going to be problems. Hay que esperar los problemas. But you need to hold on. You need to stand firm. Something's being born here, but it's not quite yet the time. Algo está a punto de nacer, pero no es el punto. Manténganse firmes. What's going on? ¿Qué está pasando? Verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Este evangelio del reino se predicará en el mundo como testimonio a todas las naciones, y entonces vendrá el fin. God is about the business of preaching and proclaiming this message so that all may have that opportunity, so that all may hear the word and have that chance to turn to Christ. Está predicando la palabra. And Jesus says this time is going to begin real soon 
He says this to his disciples. And he basically says, this time that you're going to be living in is going to begin with a bang. Va a comenzar con una explosión. Look at with me verses 15 and 16. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Cuando vean en el lugar santo el horrible sacrilegio de la que habló el profeta Daniel, los que estén en Judea huyan a las montañas. What in the world is he talking about? Well, scholars believe that Jesus here is referring to an event when he talks about the abomination that causes desolation. He's referring to an event that happened before his coming, but it was an event that was predicted in the prophet Daniel. El horrible sacrilegio fue un evento antes de Jesús que fue algo que predijo Daniel. So this is an event. The abomination that causes desolation happened in the year 168 B.C., 168 before Christ. Ocurrió 668 años antes de Cristo. History records that the Greeks invaded Jerusalem. They invaded the temple. Los griegos invadieron el templo. They marched right into the most holy place of the temple and they set up a Greek idol in the holy place of the temple. Pusieron un ídolo en el lugar santísimo del templo. And not only that, they sacrificed pigs, unclean animals, on the altar of the temple. Sacrificaron a cerdos en el altar, animales inmundos. It was the abomination That causes desolation. Fue el horrible sacrilegio. And what Jesus is saying here is, when you see something like this happen again, you need to be aware of it. Something like this is going to happen again. Eso va a ocurrir otra vez. He's predicting this. And guess what? Forty years after Jesus' death and resurrection in the year 70 A.D., en 70 antes o después de Cristo, The Romans came into Jerusalem and they marched right through into the temple, into the holiest place of the temple, and they destroyed the place completely. And Jesus' prediction in Matthew 24, 2 came true. Not one stone was left on another, and it remains so to this day. All that's left is a thing called the Wailing Wall. Los romanos entraron en el año 70 y destruyeron por completo el templo. And Jesus says, when this happens, he's saying to his disciples, my people need to flee. Get out of Jerusalem because it's not your time yet. Huyen de Jerusalén, no es su tiempo. And guess what? That's what history records happens. History records that the Christians left Judea. They fled out of that place when that occurred. So here's the deal. Jesus is saying something profound here. He's saying, times are going to get tough before my kingdom comes. Los tiempos van a ser duros. So what do you need to do? You need to be wise and look out for false teachers. You need to stand firm in the faith. You need to keep your passion and love for me strong. And you need to be about the business of living and showing and preaching the gospel to the whole world. Tienen que ser sabios frente a los falsos maestros, que no se enfríe su amor, que manténganse firmes y que prediquen el evangelio. And then I'm going to come back. 
And I'm going to gather my people together and establish my kingdom. Voy a volver para congregar a mi pueblo y establecer mi reino. And that's where we get to Matthew chapter 24, 30, versículo 30. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with great power and great glory. That's Jesus. La señal del Hijo del Hombre aparecerá en el cielo. Se angustiarán las razas de la tierra. Verán al Hijo del Hombre venir sobre las nubes del cielo con poder y gran gloria. Verse 31, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect, that is his faithful people, from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Al sonido de la gran trompeta enviará sus ángeles y reunirán de los cuatro vientos a los elegidos de un extremo al otro del cielo. That's, that's the end of the rifle barrel. So here's the question, when will that happen? ¿Cuándo ocurrirá esto? Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. En cuanto al día y la hora, nadie lo sabe, ni siquiera los ángeles del cielo, ni el Hijo, sino solo el Padre. Only God knows. It's in His timing. But here's the thing we can say. Esto sí, podemos decir. We have a guide in the troubled times we live in. And our guide, our only one true guide, is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Nuestro guía es Jesús el Cristo, el Mesías. And that is good news. And Jesus doesn't just tell us what's going to happen. He doesn't just tell us that things are going to be difficult. Jesús no solo nos dice lo que va a pasar. He actually paves the way into the future for us. He actually shows us the way to go. Él nos muestra el futuro. In other words, Jesus doesn't just say, hey folks, it's going to be tough, and then sit off to the side of history smoking a cigar while we squirm. He doesn't do that. No se pone al lado con un cigarro mirándonos sufrir. What does he do? Jesus paves the way. He goes before us by ascending the cross and suffering unspeakable agony for you and for me. And that agony becomes the birth pains of a new people, a new creation, people who believe in him. El sufre agonía y terrible en la cruz para darnos, hacernos nuevas criaturas y darnos, dar parto a nosotros. And he rises from the dead. Why? So that now, here and now, in this very difficult world we live in, we can live with a new quality of life. The resurrection life of Jesus can begin in us now, and it gives us hope, and it gives us courage and joy in the face of the difficult circumstances. Tenemos la vida resucitada de Jesús para darnos gozo ahora mismo en las pruebas. Jesus is our guide. He not only shows us the road to the future, He is the road to the future. El ese camino al futuro. And I don't know about you, but this is what gives me hope, and this is what gives me comfort. This is what gives me the courage every day to open up the newspaper in the morning. Right? Eso me da la sabiduría, la valentía para abrir el periódico. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't even want to look 
right? The headlines out there, they're uh, scary, they're disheartening, they're crazy, mostly crazy these days, right? It's just nuts. Los titulares son espantosos y hasta locos. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Do you? I can't certainly say. No sé qué va a pasar. And like you, I think I, I sometimes think, you know, what kind of world, if I die before Jesus returns, si me muero antes de la venida de Jesús, what kind of world are my children and my grandchildren going to have to live in? I mean, whoa, it is bad enough now. What's it going to be like down the road? ¿Cómo va a ser? Here's the thing. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have a road map into the future to follow. And not only that, we have a guide to follow into the future. Our only comfort in life and in death is that we are connected to Jesus Christ. El único consuelo es que estamos conectados a Cristo. And he gives us the road map. How do we live in times like this? ¿Cómo vivir en estos tiempos? Be wise. Watch out for false teaching. That's why we got to get into our Bibles. Uh, you know, stand firm upon your faith. Manténganse firmes en la fe. Don't let your love grow cold. Keep worshiping me and loving me. And preach the gospel. Live the gospel. Show the good news of Jesus. Prediquen el evangelio. Oh yeah, and there's one more. Uno más. Matthew 24:42. Keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Manténganse despiertos porque no saben qué día vendrá su Señor. And over the centuries, this has been the roadmap that Christians have followed in so many circumstances where there's wars and rumors of wars and, and chaos and famines and earthquakes. This is lo que han seguido los cristianos durante los siglos and we can follow the same roadmap because we're following the same Lord and the same Savior. Seguimos al mismo Salvador. And then, of course, we have this promise. Matthew 25, or 24, 35, versículo 35, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. El cielo, la tierra pasarán, pero mis palabras jamás pasarán. Heaven and earth are not forever. There's a new creation coming. But Jesus' words will never pass away because Jesus will never pass away. Las palabras de Jesús no pasarán porque Él mismo no pasará. He is the living word. He's the eternal word. Oh, this is such good news. We have a guide for troubled times. Tenemos un guía para tiempos difíciles. And so what I'd like to do right now is to uh, uh, invite us to profess our faith in this guide through words that come down from history known as the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to profess our faith because the Apostles' Creed really lays out this guide we've talked about. El credo habla de, de lo que es uh, esta guía que tenemos. And after that, we're going to be worshiping Jesus, our guide. We're going to spend some time lifting him up. So I'm going to recite this in English, and maybe we can get somebody up here that can do it in Spanish. Martin's heading for the, for the uh, front here, so maybe Martin can lead the part in Spanish. Martin va a guiar la parte en español y yo la parte en inglés. Can we get that uh, Apostles' Creed up on the screen, please? There it is. Give you a second just to look at it. 
And watch the progression. Watch the progression of how this leads us from, from Christ to His return and beyond. So let's, uh, let's recite together. I'm going to ask you just a simple question. Les pregunto esto. ¿En qué creen ustedes? What do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the holy and universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's worship together. Vamos a adorar al Señor.